Southern Sun has returned to profitability during the interim period, the group formerly known as Sokosan Hotels reported adjusted headline earnings of 17 million rand as it benefited from improved trading conditions with occupancies increasing to 46%. Joining me now is Southern Sun CEO Marcel Van Orlock. Thank you so much for your time, Marcel. Now, you say in the results commentary that you have transitioned from survival mode to recovery. And I'm interested to find out from you, has the term normalized trading shifted or changed um, in Southern Sun post-COVID-19? Um, we, we're not at normalized trading. We still think we're going to get back to at least occupancy levels that we were pre-COVID, the early 60s, mid-60s. And you can go high if South Africa gets a bit of a boom, but we're not banking on that. Uh, we've seen a little bit of rate growth, which is always important to us because rate, rate growth is very strong in your numbers. Um, but we're not back to normal. So we did 46% occupancy in this six months, which is the weakest part of the year. All our peak months are in, our, in the second half. Yeah. But pre-COVID, that would have been around 59, 60, somewhere around there. Yeah. So we're not back to normal. But we think it will come back because the, the two parts of the market that we see missing, the, the first one's international travel is still quite weak. Okay. It's improved a lot, but you've got expensive flights to South Africa. Um, you, you've still got barriers for, for foreigners to come here. Um, and and that stuff, a lot of that's got a long lead time stuff. People that, you know, especially in the middle market, don't just jump on a plane. They plan that, that spend. Okay. Um, and then your, your corporate market is the other one that's missing. Where yeah. We say our new enemy is the financial directors who did a lot of savings during COVID and they don't want to let go of it. But we yeah. do think that'll come back. We don't see a change in behavior there. Okay. Uh, you say that um, the, the missing ones are still really international travel and business travel. Just on international travel, I mean, as we're talking now, it's almost December, and you say that a lot of the international travelers actually plan ahead. What's that looking like right now, that pipeline? So we think South Africa will probably be in the region of 60% of normal international visitors. Okay. Um, now, your spend might be a little bit higher than that because the other thing we're seeing is that there is far less, uh, or, or there's a stronger take up by high end spend. So I would imagine we're not in that market, but places like the Bush Lodges and so on have recovered much closer to their normal trading because there, there's a segment of the market at the top end that's totally price insensitive mm. and has the ability to make very short term decisions and go wherever they want. And that, that market is traveling um, first. Yeah. And then your, your mass market, for lack of a better term, will, will follow later. All right. There's still that um, significant um, missing part when it comes to business travel. And I get that that's a function of an economy that is really growing structurally. But now you also have a behavior that's changed. You have this hybrid um, model of, of how businesses are conducting business. And it's not even just a short-term shift, I feel, for some, because businesses have realized that actually people can save time and businesses save money. So do you think that business travel actually does stand a chance of getting back to pre-pandemic levels at any point? Yeah, we, we think it does. If we look at our, our regional segmentation, Durban year-to-date is already trading above pre-COVID levels. Uh, and it's all driven by groups, conferences, and and local business travel. Yeah. Cape Town is a little bit weaker, um, but the market is so geared to the internationals that that's the part that's missing. Your outlying regions are very strong. Um, government travel is is absolutely back to normal. Um, your, your weakest market is actually your Sands and Rosebank area, ah. um, which is a combination of international business travel 
and some of your local activities. And it, it hasn't been that long since your big banks, your big insurance companies have actually come back to the office. Mm-hmm. And that behavior change, we think, will go back to a more normal level, but it does take time. And, and as I said, we, we think a lot of companies have realized cost savings um, that they're trying to hold on to. But overall, you, you have to travel ultimately to do business. Yeah. I can't run Southern Sun from Joburg on its own. I, I've got to go out to the regions regularly. And I could do it for two years from here, but yeah. I travel now. Uh, all right. And it's uh, so we think it will normalize, but it might take some time. Uh, all right. I do take your point there, Marcel. Let's talk about your costs. What really stood out for me is when you were saying, talking about the load shedding cost, saying that the group spent 13 million on diesel compared yeah. to 1 million rand in the previous six months. How are you navigating those increased costs? So, I mean, it's hard. Um, obviously, a generator runs especially when you've got these much higher levels of load shedding for extended periods of time, the generator runs that entire period. Yeah. And your consumption of diesel is not driven by what you, how much electricity you're using. So you might just be keeping a few lights on and the lifts going, but you, you're incurring that cost steadily throughout the day. Um, your peak, the only time you're saving on your normal ESCOM power is when your, your peak water heating and so on, that, that is now driven by, by the generator. So it, it is a very difficult uh, thing for us to manage. And the 13 million is just the diesel. You're running generators for longer periods. You've got breakdowns, maintenance costs, spares, hours servicing, all that sort of thing kicks into it. Um, mm. It's not in, in the grand scheme of a business like this, it's not the most killer cost, but it stands out as, a, as an absolute, the last thing we need at the moment. So some form of stability from, from ESCOM would obviously go a long way. The other cost we're seeing it on is, is food and beverage. Um, and food costs doesn't just affect our consumers in their day-to-day uh, cost of living. But we're seeing it, we, we do in a normal year, one and a half billion rands of the food and beverage revenue. Our cost of sales on that is going up. And you mm-hmm. can't pass those prices on to customers too easily. Yeah. Um, right. We did a lot of cost cutting during COVID. And that's obviously helping us. So, so we're much more profitable at lower levels of occupancy than we were before. But that's a structural change that we've achieved over the last two years. About the only silver lining of COVID. Yeah. And we don't only give that all back in just inflationary increases. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, thank you very much, Marcel, for your time and for your uh, giving us that detail on how the company is shoring up its uh, cash generation initiatives uh, and also its balance sheet while also navigating those increased costs. That was the CEO of Southern Sun, Marcel Van Orlock.